When I give a Dharma talk in January or in December, I usually talk about changing habits or making New Year's resolution because it's a good time of the year to reflect on yourself and be motivated for a new start. In one Buddhism, mindful choice and action is said to be like the fruit of a tree, whereas cultivation of the spirit and inquiry practice are like the root and branches of a tree. In other words, the purpose of our practice is to make more skillful choices in our life. Therefore, mindful choice and action practice and how we how your practice is manifested in your actual daily life is emphasized in one Buddhism. But today, I want to talk about something that you might think is quite opposite notion, which is self-compassion. Let me begin by sharing my experience. I started the mindful choice in action practice when I was in novice training to become a one Buddhist minister in 2001. I worked in the Het Dharma Master Chazan's office in the headquarters of One Buddhist in Korea. And soon after I started working as a novice, I realized that I was a very forgetful, unmindful, and clumsy person. Which surprisingly, I had not realized before. I felt small and unworthy. So I started working on mindfulness by trying to keep the important things in my mind. So for the first time in my life, I experienced something like discovering and working on my habitual patterns. It was the best lesson I had learned throughout my novice period. Whether it's a mental or physical pattern, you can change your habit. In other words, you can change your life. At the time, the Het Dharma Master Chuasan jokingly said to me, I gotta pay you a hefty fee for tuition. The next year, I entered the Yongsan University, the One Buddhist Seminary. There I learned how the journaling practice was a tool to help mindfulness practice. Journaling practice in one Buddhism is first you set which mindfulness items you want to focus on, you want to work on, and you track them until you make it your new habit. So I made a list of habits that I wanted to cultivate or that I wanted to change. I wrote them down in my notebook and tracked them daily. I'd review and update them every month according to what I chose to focus on. And I've been doing this practice ever since I was in the seminary 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. So as a result of that, I now have um, healthy habits in my daily life and I am more mindful in making choices and action than I was back then. But some habits never seem to change. 
One day, while I was going over my past journaling notebooks, I felt embarrassed because some bad habits that I noted 20 years ago were still in my recent mindfulness list. I could see them again and again in my New Year's resolution pages of my journaling notebooks. Clearly, I did not want to give them up because at least I knew that those habits bring negative results and suffering in my life. But obviously, I was not making a real effort for them either. Today, I want to share what I discovered about this. So let's think about the first item of the essential dharmas of daily practice that uh, we recite every day in the morning meditation. The first line goes like this. The mind is reasonably free from disturbance, delusion, and wrongdoings. So it says our mind is reasonably like this circle represents perfect, complete. This is a very optimistic point of view, which I think is the greatest gift that the realized teachers gave to us. Our practice starts from here. The next line. But disturbance, delusion, and wrongdoings arise in response to sensory conditions. From the original state of our mind that is perfectly calm, bright, and alert, the different states of mind arise when our six sense organs, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and mind, when they experience their objects. This is because different likes and dislikes are embedded in our personal memories and past experiences. There is no judgment in this. It's just what happens in our human minds. The next line, let us restore the equanimity, wisdom, and precepts of our mind by letting go of disturbances, delusions, and wrongdoings. Then how can you let go of them? The first and foremost step is to be aware that disturbance, delusion, and wrongdoings arise in our minds and we must face them without judgment of any kind. We must be aware of the moment that they arise in our minds. To change your habit, we must confront the moment that you encounter these sensory triggers and notice your old pattern is about to arise. Then you are going to either win or lose. But I discovered that if it's something that is really difficult for me, I kept avoiding it. I desperately tried to run away from it. Because ironically, I was so afraid of losing the game. I had fear 
facing the aspects of myself that made me feel ashamed. Therefore, I repeated the same old patterns again and again. You know what? There was nobody yelling at me or giving me a punishment. The one who treated me harshly was myself, not anyone else. The most popular New Year's resolution would be uh, such things as exercise more, lose weight, save more money, get more organized, eat healthy, things like that. They are all great things that can make our lives a lot better. But consider for a moment where your New Year's resolution come from and how you treat yourself when you think about them. Do you hear the inner voice says, what's wrong with you? How could you let yourself go like this? This is so typical of you. You are so lazy. You gotta be changed. Do you hear something like this? What about afterwards, after you made certain resolutions? Researchers say that about two-thirds of people abandon their New Year's resolution within a month. Today is January 22nd. So if you are no longer practicing your New Year's resolution, you are not alone. When you find you have stopped making any effort for the resolutions you once made, and you are not being motivated any longer, how do you normally talk to yourself? I heard my inner voice says, you know you are going to lose this battle again. You are not going to make it. What a shame. You know, it's not that fun to see you lose a battle over and over again and again. It's not fun. And as a result, with embarrassment and shame, I did not even want to look at the bad patterns in me anymore. When I discovered how harshly I was belittling myself, I felt compassion. And it was at that moment I wanted to look at them and face myself no matter whether I lose the battle or not. I was looking at myself with the eyes of a mother looking at a child learning to stand on her feet and walk. I felt I was like that. The baby would fall down many times. But the mother does not beat up the baby because the baby keeps falling. She just watches her baby with care and love. She knows that the baby can stand on her feet eventually, no matter how many times the baby falls. So when we make a resolution to change ourselves, we need to first look at ourselves 
with the loving and caring eyes of a mother. Because being harsh to yourself, it doesn't help to change yourself. In her TED talk from 2013, Dr. Neff explained why self-compassion works so well. Imagine that a child returned home from school upset, having received a failing grade in mathematics. A parent could respond with a harsh criticism, expressing disappointment, anger, or even shame. They could yell and question the intellect of the child. And for a short while, the child might study harder. But over time, the child could become depressed and quit mathematics altogether. Because the consequences of failing again are too stressful and scary. This is exactly what I have been doing to myself. I think we all can relate to this. Alternatively, a parent could respond to the child very differently with compassion. They could recognize the child's feeling of disappointment and help their child maintain a balanced perspective and be motivated to prepare for the next quiz. The difficulty is, when we talk about self-compassion, we should not confuse it with self-indulgence. There's a fine line. The, compassion the compassionate response of a parent in this analogy did not involve turning a blind eye to the test grade. It involved creating a safe and nurturing environment where mistakes are okay for the child to confront. When practicing self-compassion, remember that a mother does not want her baby to be harmed. Our founding teacher, Su san used this analogy. If a parent sees their child injure his or her hand by grabbing the sharp edge of a knife and cry, any parent would take the knife from the baby's hand. Do as a mom would do to her beloved child. Self-compassion does not mean that you always say everything is okay. If you are confused if it's a self-compassion or a self-indulgence, you can ask these questions. What would a wise mother say to her child? I think we are all sitting here on this Sunday morning because we all want to learn and grow and bring positive change in our life. And this is an interesting question that we all can reflect on. How do I actually learn best? How do I change? How do I grow? Is it through belittling myself and berating myself? 
Or is it through something else, some other quality like self-compassion? Since I started novice training, I have always questioned myself about what I do miss or what I lack in my practice or in my personality. But seeing that my practice was kind of stuck, meaning some habits seem never change, I realized that I now need to cultivate compassion towards myself. Because when we recognize the pain, the lack of skill in our action and speech with compassionate heart, we actually have the energy to move on. Where does the energy come from? It's from forgiving ourselves and realizing that it happened and that it was wrong. The courage comes from that acknowledgement. With that courage, you will be able to say, I'm going to go now in a different way because I'm capable of change. Compassion towards others, the sense of resourcefulness to care about anybody, come from this sense of inner abundance. So the factor of loving kindness for oneself is a tremendous source of strength and wherewithal with them. I hope we continue this journey throughout this year. Thank you.